Talk Zone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Welcome everybody, Two Guys at a Mic Show, TalkZone.com, Football Friday here on the Two Guys at a Mic Show. Thank you so much for joining us, absolutely gorgeous day, Michael. I got in a heated argument yesterday about someone claiming that this is not Indian summer, that it can't be Indian summer until it's the end of October. I said, no, you got warm weather in October, it's heating up, this officially is Indian summer. So, I'm just calling it summer still. This is this makes my theory true that Chicago only has two seasons, summer and summer and winter. I thought you were going to say uh, summer and road construction. Or no, winter and road construction. That's true. That's also another season here in Chicago. Uh, we'll talk about the, it's a football Friday, but I will tell you this, Michael. I think today there's going to be a little bit less football talk than normal on a football Friday. Yes, we'll make our Beat the Schmoes football prediction. There is so much going on. we got a lot of baseball to talk about. I am going to throw out to you one of the greatest suggestions I heard from one of our fine listeners, Will Met Jeff, about how to cure the NBA this year once the strike is over. This is outstanding. Uh, we got all that and more. Yes, Beat the Schmoes. Michael Moreau in the house. Got Big Dog, I think, ready to check in from his vacation on the phone lines. We're off for a while and woolly. Any chance, Dave, we can go more than one hour today? Thumb up or thumb down? That's not your thumb. (laughs) (laughs) 888-463-6748, the music of the talkzone.com, arguably the best part of the show. All right, so I talked over the best part of the show. Is that what you're trying to tell me? You got to limit your monologue to less than three minutes, and then you'll run out. It's a three-minute bet, so be careful, or I'm going to relegate you to middle relief. All right, the Michael Moreau in the house. He was here yesterday, becoming our number one. You are becoming our uh, our key guy off the bench. You're our Dane Sansenbacher right now. I love it. I mean, I don't I don't know if I want to be Dane Sansenbacher after that drop he had last week. Well, I had a nice catch too. Let's take it easy on Dane. But the Eminem man, Michael Moreau, wearing one of his uh, six. Team different Missouri shirts today. I don't think I've seen you wear anything but Missouri shirts. And uh, great to have you in studio, Mike. But even greater to have the big dog back from his Mexican vacation, back from Cancun and the Mayan ruins and his community service work, joining us here on the phone line. Big dog, we missed you. How are you, buddy? Uh, Coach, well, I was doing absolutely phenomenal until I got the news. Again, this year I've been snubbed for the freaking Nobel Peace Prize. They gave it to a couple Middle Eastern women doing stuff for women's rights. When am I finally going to get recognized, Coach? I think it's just a matter of time. Just a matter of time. At least you were on the semi-dishonorable mention list. Oh, that's nice. I I, I haven't made that before, so that's good to know, Coach. Now, are you calling us or say hi to Michael Morofa? He's done a phenomenal job filling in for you, big dog. What's up, Mike Morofa? It's uh, it's well, at least we can talk some Missouri football today. I'm sure everybody's excited to hear that. <laughs> I hope people are. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is not going to be a typical football Friday, Big Dog. We got we got lots of other news and notes to get to. Not that we're going to disregard football. I'm just saying, typically on Fridays, you know, it's all football. This one's going to be a little bit less than typical. Now, I want to catch up on the Mexican vacation. Um, 
you know, more so next week, but, you know, give us some in general, uh, you know, scale of one to ten. Are you safe? Are you healthy? I'm assuming you're calling us uh, from back in the States. Yeah, I, I am back in the United States, and I did have to pay off a couple police officers while I'm there, and I'm not joking about that. <laughs> Those stories are just downright ridiculous. But just to everybody out there that I owe money to, this trip was paid for. I didn't, I didn't have to pay a dime. Remember that vacation club I used to work for, Coach? The who club? Remember that vacation when I was flying in? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Well, it was with a group of people just went down there, paid for zero. I didn't pay for anything, and it's an all-inclusive club. Wow. By this side, I talked to some people. They were like, 10 pesos is a real good way to tip somebody, and I figured out in my head that 10 pesos was 68 cents. I'm like, I had paid for nothing this whole – I was like, I'm going to tip big time when I come down there. Coach, do you remember the scene in Dumb and Dumber where they're walking through the resort handing out $100 bills? Not sure I saw the movie, but David Olson's shaking his head. Well, that's, that movie holds the, uh, the test of time. That movie's freaking hysterical. I just saw it the day before I went to Cancun. Uh-huh. As I got done drinking a bottle and a half of Don Julio at the resort. Yo, hey, went, ho. I'm not joking. Bottle and a half. I Wild times. Over the course drunk. of five days or all in one night? Oh, that was just the first night that I was oh, there. Oh, boy. Well, I, didn't re- I don't remember this, but I-, I tell these people, hey, watch what I do here. And I have like 40, 10 pesos in my hand, and I start walking through the resort handing out $10 pesos or 10 pesos, right? Coach, my buddy said that they ran. They, they, they started following me, okay? Like legitimately, we're running, hey, senor, I'm the Coach, after that, for the next four days, everywhere I went, I had a trail of my hand. <laughs> they just followed me around. I was like, because nobody else was tipping. And at the end, they're like, senor. We really appreciate PT. Well, uh, Coach, I, I was so bad off the next day when I walked out into out into the middle. I was like, "Oh no, what happened?" I don't remember what happened. <laughs> I did. I, I ended up this girl ended up taking my World Trade Center bracelet. I, I'm oh. disgusted by it. Well, anyway, so I'm walking through the middle of the resort, right? And one of the guys runs up to me, El Guero, you don't look too good. You need cocaine. I was like, oh, my goodness. That's how bad I looked at. Some guy runs up to me and says, I need a poison to put in my body. <laughs> Coach, I, and then we, well, we ended up going to Cheats and Eats, and that's the only reason why I went, everyone, was to actually go see the Mayan ruins in the actual building where they basically figure out the whole long calendar and when the next rebirth of the Earth is going to be, and obviously December 21st, 2012. That's so, right. The the end of existence is coming when? Is it before no, the end of Beat the Schmoes, no, or are we going to... It's the rebirth, Coach. Well, I'll get into that next week, but I do want to tell okay. you, on the way to Chichen Itza, we were explaining that these Mayan people, you know, the, the women don't grow to be four feet tall. The men are only like four feet two, okay? And they never lose their hair, and they never grow facial hair, and their hair doesn't go black. Wow. And they, all, they live to be 100 years old. So, because I didn't know this, I went down the side and was like, oh, my God, what happened to that guy? Because I thought he was like 25, they had a full head of hair. And our, our tour guy starts laughing. He's like, oh, well, that guy's like 120 years old. <laughs> I was like, oh, he looks, he looks pretty good for 100. Probably because all the women there watch uh, Dr. Oz regularly from 11 to 12 o'clock on Cancun TV. They, they absolutely do because they have time because they put the children to work. <laughs> now, I, I went, we stopped at this one place, and I got, uh, I, I ended up getting this cartouche of present for this girl I like. But while we're there, I was like, oh, I got to go wait and, I gotta go wait and get some beer. So I go to the bar. There was an eight-year-old girl bartending. Oh boy! I'm not making this up. I asked her, "Come along here." Did she? Did she card you? No, she didn't card me. I tipped her really, really well. (laughs) Legitimately, coach. I was like, I felt like I couldn't believe this girl was running around. Sad. 
I could not believe what I was seeing. I, I, yeah. I was dumbfounded. I asked, like, our tour guide, and they're like, she doesn't drink. <laughs> like, what? Uh, I couldn't. I, I just, yeah. It was amazing. The stuff that, there was so many other stuff that I wish I could tell you on air that actually Well, happened. some of that stuff is going to seep through. Now, we got all next week. By the way, i got to remind you, and our listeners, no Monday show. In honor of Columbus Day, uh, you know, it's Monday Night Football. I had my whole Bears-Detroit preview, like a, you know, five hours worth of notes, and David Olson rudely informing me, of course, David, uh, bringing the orders down for the Commander-in-Chief, Mr. Chris Whitting, that we are going to be off on Monday, Big Dog. So we will get your stories and more Tuesday through Friday next week. So you can sleep late on Monday, okay? Uh, that sounds good. But that's, uh, that's too bad because I love when we actually have shows that the Bears are playing on that day. Yes. I love those. That doesn't yep. happen. We only get Mondays and Thursdays, yep. you know, and it's, more, it's never more than one or twice a year, so that's too bad. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. I'll call you on the phone, and the two of us can discuss the game. We'll pretend we're on radio, and quite frankly, the listening audience won't be that much changed. <laughs> Mike Moreau laughing. You didn't have to laugh that hard, Michael. Uh, no, Mike, that hurt. <laughs> big, uh, real quick, before we let you go, talk to uh, Michael here, a White Sox Fan? Cubs fan. Yeah, come on. All right. Why well, baseball expert Michael Merle. <laughs> Talk to him about the Robin Ventura hire real quick. I, I think it's absolutely a, a phenomenal hire. Talk about totally out of left field. I, I did not expect this. What Robin Ventura has been on the bench for the Los Angeles Dodgers. Where, where's he been? He's been really hasn't been doing much. He's been I know he did games for the College World Series for ESPN, but... Yeah, that's right. He wasn't even managing or coaching. He's been working for ESPN. Right, and he's. I think he's also been a special assistant to the White Sox in the minor leagues. So he hasn't been coaching at all. He's been working for ESPN. Oh, oh if, you, if you get drafted by the Chicago White Sox, just learn to say yes or no, sir, to Mr. Reinsdorf, become a decent player, and you'll have a job the rest of your life. I'm not kidding you. He takes care of his baseball players. That's yeah, shocking. He would never he, do that for a basketball player. Well, he did it for Bill Cartwright, and that didn't work out very well. Yeah, he definitely loves to promote within. So, but yeah. now, Michael, Big Dog's coming on strong. You're not used to sometimes the uh, the power and the barrage of the Big Dog as I am. Are you? you know, he's saying, and most people disagreeing with Big. He's saying it's a phenomenal hire. Your thoughts, Mike, as an avid Cub fan? Uh, <laughs> I I have to I have to admit when I first heard about the hire, I I got home, turned on my computer. And I was watching the baseball game last night, and I see it roll across the bottom line, and it says, Robin Ventura is hired as White Sox manager. What? And that's exactly what my reaction was. I said, what? I was like, that was completely out of left field. And I think this is just Kenny Williams, you know, kind of covering his ass and just hoping hoping that, you know, he's biding time. And well, he's covering his rear end because you, you want to cover your rear end, you go for a safe pick, a Davey Martinez, Sandy Alomar, you know, a veteran coach. So I, I would argue, dog, he's not covering his behind. He's putting his left and right glutamus maximus right out there to bear for all. If it works, he's going to be a hero. If not, uh, you know, he'll be gone. But I don't I don't think he's covering his behind with this you pick. Huh? That, yeah, you got to this better be a good hire, Mike. Think about this. How much opposite is he than Isaac Ian, too? I think that plays into it a little bit. Sometimes you got to think about the guy that you're replacing when you're hiring somebody. That's a little bit, not total, but that's a part of it. When I when I listen to the two talk, I can't tell them apart. <laughs> you're, we're not going to have a quote machine like Ozzie anymore in town. That's definitely not happening in the city of Chicago. No, but Kenny Kenny Williams said he wanted somebody that could challenge him, and I I kind of believe that Robin Ventura is the exact opposite and won't be the guy that challenges Kenny. And I think as a GM, 
Really? Or Kenny should have covered, hired a guy that is really going to agree with him and the, the GM and manager, GM and manager are going to work together. And I kind of think this is why he hired Ventura. Usually Kenny has the mentality of that the White Sox can win it all, but with this hire, it doesn't seem like well, he tends he he sees the White Sox doing much of anything next year. Maybe maybe he just wants the Earl. Maybe Robin Ventura will be the Earl Weaver style manager that Kenny Williams has built this team to be. But, uh, let's face it, this team isn't first to third like Isaac Ian always wanted it. This team is sit around, draw a walk, and then hit a three run home run is what this this team is built. And maybe that's. I mean, Robin Ventura's game was like that when he was playing for the White Sox. Great fielder. Couldn't run, so he drew walks and hit home runs. Fundamentally sound. I think we all agree he's going to need a veteran bench coach with him. I don't know, uh, besides Still drooling, same, right? besides drooling, I don't know what Don Zimmer's doing right now, Big Dope, but he's my choice to bring back. Why not? <laughs> it's always good to have him on the bench, coach. I mean, there, there have also been rumors. I don't know how true they are because there are rumors that the White Sox were going to talk to yeah, exactly. Davey Martinez and Sandy Alomar Jr., so who are the? But there were rumors that they would hire maybe Frank Thomas as the hitting coach. Yeah, and he'd be an experienced guy. But well, if you, never know, you don't know what's going to happen now. If the Cubs hire Sandberg, uh, it's been said that Sandberg's wife is requesting Dave Martinez as the bench coach. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds hey, like trouble. Oh, I got I got a little inside scoop on that. By the way, you know I'm just as a real quick side. Like PA announced the Northwestern soccer games. Uh, no, DePaul games too. I'm doing both schools. Jagger Martinez, Davey Martinez's son, big dog, plays on the DePaul soccer team. Really? So I was sitting next to someone who will remain unnamed, but I did get some uh, inside scoop on the Cindy Sandberg uh, conundrum. Oh, I've got to tell you, that story, that's that's crazy. That's one of the craziest stories of all time. Yellow. And by the way, that person I was sitting next to was not Rafael Primero. (laughs) That's good to know, Coach. But it might as well have been. All right, so uh, now that so the White Sox hire Ventura, and I, I even said Thursday, Big Dog, that you know, watch all you know for a week in the papers. You missed it. You're lucky you're in Cancun. All we're reading about is you know our inside sources, you know, telling us it's going to be Martinez. It's going to be you know now t- uh, Francona. The Sox are going to get Francona. No, it's going to be Sandy Alomar. They did a full page front page thing on Sandy Alomar. You know, who's probably going to become the coach a little bit about his background and everything. And I commented to Dave. I said, you watch, it'll be someone. That we haven't even heard of yet. Someone completely. So once again, the media, the quote unquote inside sources, all the experts on ESPN down to your local Yoko reporter for the Chicago Tribune, they were all completely wrong. They don't know what they're talking about. Yeah, that's what a surprise there. I, yeah. I think Reinsdorf likes to mislead people too. I really do. Like yeah. when, if it was, if it would have been Jim Hendry, he would have let everybody know exactly what he was thinking. Mm-hmm. But you know, obviously Jim Hendry is not the GM anymore of the Cubs, but. The White Sox have been a team of misinformation since Kenny Williams has taken over the. the That's true. Morgan. I've actually I actually heard that some people think that the White Sox themselves leaked those rumors that, makes that they were gonna life. that they were gonna talk to Martinez and Alomar. So yeah. I, I get I agree with that with Kenny Williams since like Kenny Williams got the job, he's totally led everyone off base. Yeah, Mike. Why don't you stay out of White Sox business? Okay. <laughs> Oh, but oh, but the other interesting thing about this hire is it happened rather quickly, which makes you think that they've been talking to Ventura for yeah. a while about the job. Yeah, because I don't see Ventura taking a manager's job unless he really, really investigated it. 
You know what I mean? I don't think he's the type of guy. Oh, I'll be an MLB manager. That's fantastic. Yeah, I'll take the job. I really think he would have looked into and had serious discussions about the the process and how the relationship was going to work with him, Williams, and Reinsdorf. Right, and he he said uh, during his pre- tele well press conference or teleconference, however they did it yesterday, that this was probably the only job he would have taken without like any experience. So he he definitely thought about it for a while. I think uh, the other job he was considering was managing one of the all-inclusive uh, vacation spots in Cancun. They wanted Robin Ventura, but he turned that down. By the way, we uh, were, you know, it was a slow day yesterday. Me and Mike were looking for topics. We were wondering just how all-inclusive that place was. It was completely all-inclusive, except for in like two restaurants, you had to pay a little bit extra, and it was like five bucks or ten bucks okay. if you were going to get filet mignon. Or the lobster, ah. but every I, mean, I can't even I, coach. And I was just walking around, and the, the, these Mayan servants were just running up, handing me uh, glasses of Don Julio tequila. Any I mean, senoritas? Not all inclusive. To me. <laughs> it was, they were going above them. Like I would seriously call up at four o'clock in the morning. Were you in Mexico or were you in Las Vegas? No, I was in uh, I was in Cancun, Mexico. You can okay. have an influence, coach. Right. I call I would call up at four in the morning. Hey, send up a bottle of tequila, and these guys would. I give them hundred pesos. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Okay. It was I mean I, it was all inclusive room service too. Wow. And, and I, I talked to other people like yeah, I did the room service. It took them like an hour to get there, and I just started laughing. I'm like they were sprinting. No, up. no senorita is part of this all inclusive. I hope. No, it was it was actually a, a family place. It's uh. uh Fiesta Americana Contesto, which I used to sell those vacations. I had no idea that it was so beautiful, Coach. Wow. So, nice. um, it was it was truly all inclusive. I, I really had to limit myself. I was because what ended up happening is just because it's all inclusive, it doesn't mean you have to drink all. Yes. Oh goodness, Coach, I, I've learned a lesson. I can't do that to myself. <laughs> the last time my wife and I went to an all inclusive, they had a fully stocked bar in the room, and we took the entire bar with us when we left. That's what I did. I I mean, it's it's free. Might as well. Hey, you leave with one hundred fifty dollars worth of liquor. Why not? I'm on the airplane. I pull out a bottle of Jameson. I ask the stewardess for some for some ice, and she's like, "You can't just bring that on an airplane." I'm like, "I'll pick up some ice." She's like, "Okay." She brought it over there. She's like, "You better not get unruly." I mean, just they. I asked them to bring up more alcohol, so I can bring it to the. To the to the airport, coach. I'm in. The, I'm. We're driving to the airport. Okay. I'm holding a beer in one hand and a glass of Jack Daniels in the other. A cop pulls pulls us over. Say, hey, what's up, senor? Have fun while you're in Mexico, and just took off. <laughs> I'm never, I'm like, really? This is, this is a different world, coach. Oh uh, goodness! So. All right. Well, say write those down. Save some of those stories. We we can't get them all today, but uh, definitely want to hear more. And some of the ones that you said you couldn't say over the air. Eh. Uh, you know, we're on the Internet now, so I think, you know, we're, we're all inclusive here, Big Doug. You're, you're okay. among fr- friends. Well, I, well, on Tuesday, I'm going to let it all hang out, Coach. Beautiful. Well, I'll let it all let's, hang out. let's hope uh, it's not on Skype. Keep it verbal, please. Okay. I hey, shall. real quick, before we let you go, and i got to let Mike Moreau earn his money here. Uh, Michael, Big Dog, <laughs> and I'm sure you can give him some advice as a man who's uh, almost been there and tried to do that. Michael is running this Sunday as one of the 40,000-plus participants in the Chicago Marathon. What advice do you have for the young kid? Uh, that's, <laughs> I have no clue. Besides, besides laughing at him. Uh, don't Which many people have done. 
don't assume the guy in front of you knows where they're going. You have to pay attention. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, I, I hope, I hope I, you know, I'm not led astray by, you know, one of the 45,000 people <laughs> running the race. I'm a 71st in Wentworth? How did, how did this happen? <laughs> <laughs> that would that'd be kind of embarrassing. Bell yeah. Elementary School, 159th Street? I think I took a wrong <laughs> turn. Where's the water station, damn it? <laughs> uh, now, right, before well. you let me go, I have to give my feet to smoke. Oh, no, you were 3-0 and last week. And not only was I three and zero, I beat the spread by sixty two points in the three games. So it's unbelievable! I, I, and you know what's crazy is all the games that I that I picked, the team that I picked against scored a touchdown on their first drive, and I was like, oh boy, oh boy. And then I look check the scores later, and I'm like, they won by forty. You know, so it was a good weekend. You, you and David Olson are, uh, are doing the schmoes proud this year. You guys are hotter than Hades. Let's see if we can. Uh... Keep it up, dog. Uh, here we go. Beat the Schmoes. If you're new to the show, folks, you can call in 888-463-674. You can email us with your football picks at Mike2GuysAOL.com. Any three games versus the point spread, high school, college, or pro. That's right, Mike. We put point spreads on high school games. Um, you pick any three, and if you beat the Schmoes, you are eligible for a valuable cash prize from the two guys in a Mike show. All right, dog, go ahead. Uh, coach, I'm going to say it again. I always pick the biggest games in college football because I only watch the big teams. Biggest game this week is Oklahoma, Texas. Oklahoma, uh. ten and a half point favorite. Oklahoma will win this game, forty-eight to twenty. It's a destroying. Yeah. By the, the way, Texas. please tell me. And if your answer is opposite, I'm going to be extremely upset. Please tell me that this is not the final Red River Shootout. No, no, they're figure. They're going to figure something out. They okay. want to continue because don't forget, don't forget, Coach. All those years that uh, uh, Texas was in the, in the Southwest Conference and Oklahoma was in the Big Eight Conference, they played every single year. Don't forget, they weren't even in the. So they've had they've been non-conference rivals for years before they were right. in the same conference. And now, and now TCU is expected to uh, you know accept their Big Twelve invite. So the Big Twelve is trying to trying to stick together, and they agree to the the TV rights as well for another six years. So. For at least six more years, the Big 12 will be a conference. And uh, the te- Texas Christian belonging to the Big 12 makes sense, and I like it. The idea of them playing in the Big East is ridiculous. Yeah. Texas Christian is further west than Colorado, but they're playing in the Big East, and Colorado's playing in the Pac-12. I mean, you figure that one out. So, I mean, if you're if you're a college student and you like college football, you better be a geography major because you'd be co- completely confused by the end of the year. <laughs> so, I, I got a, I got a couple other games. That, there are a ton of games that I love this weekend, Coach. I really, really like, so that probably means I'm going to do poorly and I'll pick the wrong ones out of this one. But there's, there's a lot to like. Illinois is a 14-and-a-half-point favorite at Indiana. Coach, they're going to win. What I like about this Illinois team is they play to the level of their competition. I will give 14-and-a-half points to Indiana as Illinois goes in there and they win 24-22. to And we're like, why the heck can't they beat anybody convincingly? Then I will be like, hey, they're 6-and-0, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Okay? Okay. So I, I, I like that game. And all the plethora of other games, the one I'm going to go with is Arkansas is a 10-point favorite. I know they're at home, but they're playing Auburn, and Auburn is not that good, but Auburn plays everybody close. Arkansas plays everybody close. Arkansas is down to the third-string defensive ends. That's going to be one heck of a ball game, so I will take the 10 points yeah. with uh, Auburn on that game. I like that. Yeah, yeah Auburn, Auburn is the team that, that, that won't die. I think every I think every one of their games has come down to the the last drive or the last couple of minutes. Absolutely, and that's why 
I like teams like that. Like last year, I took LSU all year long. I, mean, I took the underdog in the LSU game the whole entire season, and I think I was like 10-1 and one in those games. So Auburn's that team this year where the game's going to be a great game no matter what. You just If they're playing Utah State or if they're playing Alabama at the end of the season, it's going to be a close game. Now, just to be clear, Claire, our Beat the Schmoes panel wants to make sure you are taking Indiana and the points. Yes, Indiana okay. plus 14 gotcha. and a half. Gotcha. I just, I, I, you know I'm an Illinois fan, Coach, and this team is really good, and their defense yeah. is solid. But with John, and I want to throw this out there. All year long I've been talking about how great Jonathan Brown was, what a, how, what a great player this kid is. I haven't seen it yet. Cheap but shot. supposedly he needs somebody in the manual. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, we, we saw it on, they showed it live, well, they showed it live and then they went to the replay right away, and I didn't catch it in the live action, but as soon as they showed the replay, I was like, oh boy, this is gonna be a problem. Well, as soon as I hang up the phone, I'm gonna watch, finish watching the rest of the Bears game, and then I'm gonna put the Illinois game yeah. on after that. Not so. just, not just, you know, need him in the uh, cup of Jerry a big dog, but it was the way he did it. After the play's over, he starts walking to the kid and looks over his shoulder to see if the referee is looking and just very subtly comes up to the guy and then boom knee to the Greenwich. Really well, cheap shot. Well I didn't I didn't know it was like that. I didn't see the game so I didn't know how it, it happened. Exactly like that. And so wow, that's kind of ridiculous. Could how disappointing. Yeah you, you it wasn't even like, like spur of the moment kid. getting up from the pile. It was like well thought out and sneaky dirty play, which is the worst you can almost excuse an emotional blast where someone does that almost I said. But when it's not an emotional blast, when it's done with a little thought process in a sneaky way, it's even more disgusting. Yeah, that, I, I wasn't happy to hear about it no. as an Illinois fan. And some mm-hmm. of my other friends that are Illinois fans are talking about it, and they're all PO'd about it. So I was like, yeah. how embarrassing. I was I agree, it's totally embarrassing. Yeah. You, don't, you don't act that way. As yeah. a football player, you, 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 know what, you always have a chance to hit somebody on a football field, don't you, Coach? The stupidest sport in the world to have a chief shot in. Yep. Absolutely. Well, Big Dog, we took a poll of our listeners last week, and uh, the odds of you making it back on time, safe, and at least somewhat mentally sound were actually the voting was about 47-53 against. So you sound like you're happy and healthy. You defied the odds. We're glad you're back in the States, my friend. We'll look forward to uh, talking to you next week. Yo soy muy contento, pero costado. Yes, I'll see you on Tuesday, Coach. Okay. All right. Later, Mike. Have a good one, guys. See ya. There it is. Big Dog checking in. You can to the Big Dog. Big Dog drops off, and he leaves eight lines open at 888-463-6748. All right, we got to get to football, but real quick, we've uh, covered the Robin Ventura thing, unless you want to add to it, Michael, but I do want you to talk about last night's game. Game five, Eliminator, Detroit against the Yankees. <laughs> Never hold back a sneeze, by the way. It's very dangerous. Uh, it, was, it was almost everything I wanted, really, in a playoff baseball game that I'm not do I don't have a rooting interest in. It was close, lots of big moments. Really, it came down to the last couple of innings, and it was pretty pretty interesting that the game came down to Alex Rodriguez striking out to end the game. Alex Rodriguez, as great as he is, that's one of my comments here as I watch the end of the game, and any baseball fans you want to chime in before we finish it out with a football Friday, 888-463-6748. Yankees are eliminated. Best record in the American League for five months. And it takes one week, and they're done. But Alex Rodriguez, uh, Michael Murrow, as great as he is, he is a really poor clutch hitter. I mean, he you hate to say it, but he chokes under pressure. He Last year was the exception, but other than that, whenever any of his teams have made the playoffs, 
he has been pretty awful. And killed him. Uh, Bottom of the seventh last night. Not to just pick on Alex Rodriguez, but Mark Teixeira hasn't been too much better. Mark. <laughs> he hasn't been too much better himself in the playoffs. So the Yankees, for all the money they're paying to share on Rodriguez, two guys have pretty much been awful in their postseason careers. Man, bottom of the seventh, bases loaded, one out. you got to at least get a sack fly. They strike out Rodriguez. He comes to bat again in the ninth inning and strike him out. I think he was like two for 18 in the playoffs. Again, you know, I, I mean, I love watching the guy play. He's a phenomenal talent, but he is a poor, poor clutch hitter. Um, well, also, the last night, the whole Yankees team with runners in the scoring position was just not good. I can't, I don't remember the final stat, but I remember during the game, someone throwing out a stat saying they were like one for six or one for five early on with runners in scoring mm-hmm. position. And they only got two runs, so you know, it didn't get, it didn't get much better than and that. And the one that got late was courtesy of a walk. Right. So it, the Yankees were pretty disappointing last night. Mm-hmm. Lose well, three to two. Jose Valverde. We haven't talked enough about him, but uh, boy, when you hear the announcers talk about that stat, Big Dogs mentioned it a couple of times. It can almost go over your head, but he hadn't blown a save all season. Zero blown save. Carlos Marmol, are you listening? Zero blown save for fifty for fifty. And the other amazing stat I heard last night, Mike, they said seventy nine. Now it's eighty. Eighty times when the Tigers have been leading after the seventh inning, they haven't lost. I haven't lost a game. That's incredible. And I believe Valverde's streak goes back to his that goes back to the end of the season last year. So I don't I think the save record the save number is somewhere is like fifty two or fifty three around there. So he's I don't know if he'll get up to Gagne's record, but it's still the a pretty entire, remarkable number. I mean he's their main number. closer. And the entire season he never blew a game? It's unbelievable. Yeah, the well, the bullpen for the Tigers last night was pretty pretty phenomenal yeah. with Serzer, who, by the way, is a Missouri grad. I have to I have to throw that out there. Hail, hail to old Mizzou. <laughs> and then Ben Wach, and I don't, I think I don't, I think it was Scherzer, Benoit, and then Van Verde. Uh, really, a disgusting moment, David Olson. I don't know if you saw this or not, but Benoit's out there, and he's got a big bandage on his cheek, beige color. Well, Joe Girardi, the Yankee manager, protests the bandage. Umpire comes out, talks to him. Long story short, he's got to take the bandage off. Big, like, Band-Aid thing. And they show it, like, up close. Oh. You know, as he's ripping it off and the hair whiskers are coming with it. And uh, Am I right, Mike? It was, it was, it was If gross. you were munching on something right now, it did not feel good. Oh, my at goodness. That point. It was huge, too. Yeah, and then when they took it it off, whatever that thing was, it was not a normal looking. No. I guarantee on YouTube, there's going to be some tech, like, you know, top 10 things that could have been on Benoit's face. I'm pretty sure it was trending on Twitter last night that Joaquin Benoit's, like, zit or whatever it was. Uh, It was was ridiculous. You know, if you're the director with the TV cameras at that point, you don't need, I mean, you know, you want to show it, that's okay. But, you know, the distant camera would have been just fine. Thank you very much. Uh, so Yankees lose three to two again. Best record in the American League. I think Philadelphia had the best record overall, right? I think so, yeah. And, and I, here's another moment I picked up. I think it was the ninth inning where a broken bat could have cost the Yankees a chance to go to the, uh, the next round. Robinson Cano absolutely crushed the ball. Now, I don't think it was going to be a home run, but that baby was headed for the gap. Broken bat. 
I've never seen a broken bat ball hit so far. It still was a line drive to the center field. Well, Justin Justin Upton earlier in the year, I believe it was Justin Upton, hit a broken bat home run. Really? Yeah. See, I you didn't should, see that. You should uh, look it up on YouTube, but I thought that ball when Cano hit it was, I thought it was going to go, actually. I thought he got it. But, you know, Austin Jackson but, you know, was so played if, it perfectly and was in the gap to catch it. So if the bat doesn't break, the Yankees could be playing for another day. Right. Or if the Yankees decide they want to hit with runners in scoring well, position, yeah, too. You got a point there. Right. <laughs> you got a point there. I love uh, watching Jimmy Leland in the dugout, too, when the, uh, I think there was two outs in the eighth inning when there was the debate after a base hit. Do you bring in Valverde for the final out? Do you remember the situation? Yeah. Announcers were talking about, and it was so cool. Leland was up on the up on the steps, and he was kind of like rocking forward, like I'm going to go out and then back. Do you remember the moment? Yeah, I do. And he was going forward. It was like a manager in complete indecision. You could see the the brain turning over, or the, uh, the you know the the strategical mindset turning over and over again. Should I go or shouldn't? It was about a five or seven seconds. They had a camera on him. I just thought it was a cool human moment where he was literally. Back and forth, deciding whether to take his pitcher out or not. I'm not sure if he actually was gonna actually if he was actually thinking about it, or he, you know what he could have been. But Buster only on Twitter said last night that you know he talked to Leland before the game and said Leland doesn't believe in bringing in you know his closer in in the eighth inning because he doesn't like the cool down they get after the eighth inning is over and then to start the ninth back back up again. So I wasn't. Sh- you know, I I wasn't sure if he was going to bring him in, mm-hmm. but I didn't I didn't think I was leaning towards against him against mm-hmm. bringing Valverde in. All right. And by the way, Derek Jeter's hit. You talk about how close the Yankees were to advance into the next round. Was it the ninth inning when Jeter almost put it out of the park? Yeah. Right. That was another about five feet away. That was another interesting Twitter moment where a lot of people brought up the name Jeffy Jeffrey Mayer. Yeah. Where, where's Jeffy Mayer now when yeah. you need him? That's kind of funny because it's that exact same swing, similar area of the ballpark. I, I don't know about Jeffrey Mayer, but Yao Ming maybe. Somebody <laughs> with really long arms could have reached over, but that puppy was not too far from being out of the park. No, it was really close. And I'm, Jeter thought he had it. Yep. But, you know, mm. it was, you know, for everything went wrong for the Yankees last yep. night. Close, but no cigar. Three to two. So, again, best record over four months, but you play uh, one week where the other team outplays you. They advance. And the Detroit Tigers, Michael, uh, and the White Sox fans have seen it up close and personal. Quality ball club, not a fluke by any means. No, the basically the last two months of the season, the Tigers just, were just pretty dominant and just they got really hot. And this is this is about the time when you want to get hot, you know, so you can go in in the postseason strong. Yeah. You continue your run, and it's going to be a really good series between the Rangers and Excellent. the Rangers and Tigers. Even Excellent. though I'm sure that's what the networks didn't want. I'm sure they wanted the Yankees at least. I saw the Tigers expected pitching matchups. Game one, Justin Verlander. Game two, Justin Verlander. Game three, Doug Fister. Game four, Justin Verlander. Game five, Justin Verlander. And then game six, if necessary, in parentheses, Justin Verlander. You know, I'm sure if Verlander really <laughs> tried, he he would honestly want to pitch all all four games or how many however many games he could. Yeah. Because he tried to convince Leland last night to come into the game at some point. He asked Leland if he would be needed, and Leland mm-hmm. absolutely shut him down. Because I remember yesterday we talked if Verlander would be you know, needed or not. or He said unavailable, right? He said unavailable. Won't pitch him with three days rest. Right. 
Some guys can't. You got to know your pitcher. Some guys can. Some guys can't. Different arms react different ways. So you know, Leland had a lot of faith in Fister and his bullpen, and Fister got himself into and out of jams, but pitched well. Beautiful. All right, now real quick uh, again before we get to the football, two game fives tonight, two eliminators. If you're a baseball fan, and I'm telling you, David Olson, it's rapidly the the fever is heating up with me. October baseball all of a sudden is getting me going again. I'm not fully. There yet, but uh, I'm starting to get wrapped up, starting to get tied up a little bit. Cardinals and Phillies, I think at 7:37. Yeah, you got a little appetizer with the Arizona Diamondbacks and Milwaukee preview ahead. Uh, first of all, Arizona knocks off Milwaukee. They got the momentum now. Yeah, Giovanni Gallardo against Ian Kennedy. What happens there, Michael? Uh, I'm going to go with the home team and pick the Brewers. It's just the team that they don't lose at home this year, and they their offense. They're one of the highest scoring teams. At home, so I I got to go with the Brewers. Ian Kennedy's pitched fantastic, Gallardo's pitched fantastic. It's going to be a good pitching matchup, but I think the Brewers, the Brewers win this one and will advance to the NLCS. I hope so. Hope so. Good. The good fans in Milwaukee deserve to. A, what has it been like? Nineteen years since they've been in the playoffs. It's something something ridiculous. No, they they've been in the playoffs, but they had they hadn't won a division or okay. a playoff series in a really long time. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah. and but I think they'll get rewarded tonight. I'm rooting for my brethren just north of the border, and then the uh, the big one, seven thirty seven on TBS. Chris Carpenter and Roy Halladay. Apparently, they are very good friends. They both started their careers with the Toronto Blue Jays. Now they're opposing pitchers, and for each of them, one up their biggest games of their lives. And I have to go with the home team in this one too. I just think the Phillies will will pull it out. I think the Cardinals will play it tough. They've just been battling all the last month and a half, fighting to get in, and it's the same thing. It's winter, you know. It's winter go home basically for the Tigers for the Cardinals since September started, and they've done nothing but win. So it's going to be a tough out for the. For the Phillies, but I think they pull it. They pull it out. Check this out. Speaking of uh, what you're talking about about St. Louis, David, I'm talking to one of our listeners yesterday. We'll met uh, Jeff, the same guy who came up with a great idea for the NBA. Might not have time for it uh, on today's show, but he said a buddy of his, huge St. Louis fan, in Vegas, mid-August, late August, Cardinals are out nine and a half games, just for the heck of it. Big Cardinals fan goes up to the window. Wait, what, what, what are the odds that Cardinals making the World Series? 500 to 1. Do I need to complete the story? The guy puts down 250 bucks if the Cardinals make it to the World Series. Yeah, still a long way. $145,000. Hey, that's a, that's a great bet. I, at that point, I would have probably put. You would have? Nine and a half out at that point, they were dead. It's like throwing away 250 bucks. It's it's a it's a yeah you know, I wouldn't put maybe two hundred and fifty you know, two hundred fifty dollars two point five zero that still would have <laughs> been a good return I would have thrown maybe like fifty to a hundred on it Man, can you imagine him watching tonight's game oh he's got to be I, I don't know freaking if I could watch. out I wouldn't be able to watch I <laughs> I'd throw it on in the eighth, eighth or ninth inning Ugh. just check every every so often to see the score if they're winning you watch if they're not you just turn it off and hope they come back but I would be freaking out try, watching this game. Yeah, all right. You're picking Philadelphia. Somehow, I think Philadelphia's tight. I think St. Louis could pull off the upset. Let me ask you this, Dave: If the Cardinals win, 
Philadelphia and Yankees, the dominant teams for the most part over a four-month period of time, and both of them get knocked out in a round. What does it diminish? The baseball playoffs a little bit or not? It diminishes it as far as the marquee teams being out. For true baseball fans, no, not at all. I think it makes it better because you've got these, you know, you got these powerhouses that are out but, of it. But really, what it emphasizes is the World Series is not necessarily, and this is where I have a little problem with it. World Series isn't your best team; it's just the hottest team. Well, you could say that with any sport, though. I agree. I mean, that's yeah. what the playoffs are about. The best team does not always win. That's true. NCAA tournament, that's true. Look at the Patriots a couple years ago. Yeah. Right. 16, like there, yeah. 16 and, 16 and 0, or 15 and 1, and then they, you know, they don't win at all. Yeah. And they it's lose. not, not a matter of choking. It's just, you know, it's, it's the it's nature just a of sports. It's one game, right. It's just a nature one game of matchup. One, one loss can happen in a football game. I mentioned it before, the Houston Astros. Could play the New York Yankees, and out of ten five-game series, how many would the Astros win? Maybe, yeah, maybe one or two. two. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, that's not you know, and we're not at, talking a hundred to one. It could happen one out of five times. And the year the Cardinals won the World Series, they, they, you know, they're the one of the. If you look at the records, they're one of the worst teams ever to win a World Series. Yeah. I'm personally pulling for the Brewers. Yeah, I, I, I'd, I'd really like to see them win it all. I really would. A lot of Chicago fans still have this. I don't know if it's jealousy, but the Milwaukee rooting and the Green Bay rooting is just a little bit too close to home. But I'm with you. Mm-hmm. I, I yeah. would have no problem with the Brewers. Yeah, and going to just looking back at their history, they they got knocked out in the first round in 2008. That was their last playoff appearance. But the last playoff appearance before that was in the World Series in 1982, which they lost. So they were looking at a pretty a pretty long dry spell there. That's the 19 years. That was World Series, you said? or Were They lost in the World Series in 1982. Okay, so it's been 19 years since they've been to the World Series. Yeah. Which is a drop in the bucket if you're a Cub fan, right, Mike? <laughs> That's exactly what I was going to say. Try being a Cubs fan has been waiting around his whole life just to see more than, you know, just even a playoff series for a very long time. So uh, I'm, not, said, I'm not feeling too bad for Brewers fans. It's 29 years, to correct your math. Oh, yeah. Never never do math early in the morning. Thank you very much. All right. Uh, should be a good night of baseball at any rate tonight. 4.37, 7.37. Both games are on TBS. Let me ask you, Mike, if both games are on TBS and the one game goes extra innings or the one game runs late, what do they go? TBS affiliate or um, what happens there? I think what they've been doing lately is they've been putting the start of another game on TNT. And okay. The viewers can look, so go to TNT okay. to see that game. All right, cool. Because the interest levels, I think, significantly higher for St. Louis, Philadelphia, especially with Halliday and Carpenter. A lot of people want to tune into that at the start. Yeah, that's going to be a great matchup. Yeah. yeah. All right, should be fun to watch. Uh, but right now it is time, Michael Moreau, for Football Friday, 888-463-6748. Kind of an abbreviated version because we added so many other News and notes to uh, get to. The Big Dog checked in earlier. If you missed him, he will be in all next week except Monday when we're all off. So we'll catch up on his Mexican vacation. And uh, more stories, I am sure, to come. Michael Moreau in the house with us here for a brief moment in time. We appreciate you coming in, Mike. And uh, I know you did a lot of homework last night, a lot of research. I was up. I was up very late. I didn't get much, I didn't get much sleep thinking about this last night. I don't night. see any paper in front. It's all in his head, David Olson. It's all in his head. But... Or am we got to play I, beat the, the iPhone. Oh, you got it. Every, everything's in the iPod. By the way, uh, Stephen Jobs passing away. That was obviously extremely, extremely sad. Not 
unexpected, but I don't think we've even talked about it on the show, but in honor of your iPod, uh, a sad passing. Way too early, 56. Yeah, it was. It was pretty sad. He's done a lot for the technology world and, you know, a lot of people, and a lot of people were, you know, looked up to him and yep. we'll, we'll, li- we'll learn from the things he's made and. He was one of the few old guys that the young guys like yourself and even the younger, like the teenagers, that's an old guy that's cool. Right, exactly. People, people loved him and, you know, he was well talked about. Great guy from what I've heard and really nothing bad to really say about him. I love the, uh, of the many quotes you heard from Stephen Jobs, something to the effect of everything great that has been done in this world or everything great that has been done in this country has been done by people that were told they couldn't do it or something to that effect. Yeah, one of the uh, most popular things I've seen pop up lately is the Stanford commencement speech. Yes, I watched it. He gave it's it's a good one. I watched yeah. it a, a few years back when I was in college. And it's not one of those ones like you know the preachers on TV where it just wows you. He doesn't have that kind of charisma. No, it's very subtle, but it you know it yes definitely sends a message, and I think people have definitely gotten it. Yep. And so I kind I like that about it. It was subtle, but it delivered a it delivered a point. Yep. Absolutely, absolutely. And David is private life. Uh, he kept it really private. I mean, I, I was even unsure if he was even married. And then I read not only does he have a wife, he's got like five kids, a couple from another marriage. Yeah, yeah, incredibly, incredibly pri- uh, yes. private. And the interesting thing that has come out, you know, he commissioned an autobiography, yes. which they're, they're pushing up because, and the whole reason for doing this book, you know, with him being such a private person, is for his kids so they would understand why he was gone so often. Exactly what he was doing, which I which I thought was it was pretty poignant. I re- I really did. Yeah, books that, like six hundred and fifty pages. Wow. I think. huge, but it's selling for like thirty five bucks. That might be yeah. an interesting read. I'm looking for a new book, so mm-hmm. maybe I'll pick it right, up when it comes it out. Download it and read it on your iPad. <laughs> that would be very very telling. By the way, there's a I think a 19 year old kid that's about to become a millionaire. He's came out. With a design for T-shirts and other memorabilia, and it's really cool. It's in the paper. You see it, Dave? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it, got it, the logo of the apple with a bite out of it, but the bite out of it in the shadowed effect is the profile of Stephen Jobs. Oh, yeah, I, I've seen that. I've That's seen cool. that pop up a lot on the Internet. Very cool. And I would bet you, maybe not this next generation, the, the, the this generation uh, iPhone, but the next one, They'll use that logo on the I phone. I can almost guarantee you I that. I love that. The, the beauty is in it's uh, sort of like his speech, the, the subtleness but the deepness of it. Right, and it shows just to it just shows it's a like little thing at how he impacted yes. so many people. Yes, and how many people like actually care about him. Well, I mean, a couple of things. Number one, early '80s revolutionized the computer industry. And then when he got run out of Apple, he revolutionized the movie industry because Pixar was him. He had he, t- he bought George Lucas's struggling animation division, mm-hmm. turned it into Pixar. And then with the success of Pixar, Apple brought him back in as a consultant, and then he took over the company again. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Bill Gates might have put a computer in every home, but Steve Jobs put a computer in everybody's pocket, and that's yeah. his legacy. And he died way too uh, young of an age. The older I get, the younger 56 seems, believe me. And uh, next week we'll be taking phone calls and contributions because he left, did leave uh, three young kids who are going to need some help. So, Michael, we will be taking uh, financial contributions. 
which we will distribute to the Jabs family. Sounds like a plan. I'll be, uh, I'll pretend to be one of those kids. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. I had another story, but we don't got time to get into it. All right. Beat the Smells football pick. Michael, you are the guest. And again, uh, any listeners out there, you want to email your picks in, you can do so at Mike2Guys at AOL.com. If you tuned in for a complete football Friday, we apologize. It was just one of those days. Combination of not that many phenomenal matchups, no Bears game, and a lot of other news and notes off the football page, but we do want to make our Beat the Schmoes football predictions. Michael, you are the guest. Oh, the email address if you want to send your picks in, Mike2GuysAOL.com, M-I-C, and the number two, Mike2GuysAOL.com. You can always call us on air, make your picks. Much more fun to do it that way, 888-463-6748. Michael, you are the guest. You can choose to go first, second, or third. It is your um, piece de resistance, my friend. I'll go first. First? Yeah. What a ball hog. <laughs> oh, <go> ahead. <laughs> right. Well, I'm looking at a, a riveting matchup between the Colts and the Chiefs. Woo! Uh, I'm going to take the Colts in this one. Not only are they favored by two and a half, but I think the Colts will win this game. I almost picked that one. At home, I yeah, like I, I like I, it. Two I, and a half. I you know I think the Colts will win by three. Yeah. Late uh-huh. late field goal probably by Vinatieri. Curtis Painter. Curtis Painter will lead the drive, and I think he he'll, he'll settle in a little more. Okay. All right, Colt over the Chief. And for game two, I'll go with Jets-Patriots. No! That's an interesting Don't do matchup. It. Oh, no. <laughs> the uh, Patriots by nine, I'll take the Jets to cover. But the Patriots will win the game. Where's the game at? It's in New England. Big game for the Jets. Big game. They need this game. Boy. They've been struggling. All They've of a sudden, the, the Rex terrible. Ryan love is rapidly diminishing. And, you know, just to you know mention, Mark Sanchez, who... Everyone thought might take the next big step. It looks like he's taking a huge step back. Including my son who picked him in the second round of his fantasy draft. Yeah, I, that's, I would never, I don't trust him and I don't trust their line. You don't trust my son? <laughs> I don't trust Mark Sanchez. Ah. <laughs> I've never met your son. <laughs> okay. All right, so you got the Jets over New England. Actually, you're picking New England. You take the Jets and the points. Right. All right, game three. And the game three, I'm, I'm going to go with the hometown game. No, don't do it. Bears and Lions. No. I'm going to take the Bears to win. And the point spread is what, five and a five half? Five and a half. Lions are getting five and a half. All right, taking the Bears to win? Right. Paint a, since we're not on, on Monday, paint a picture real quick. How does that happen? I just think that the Lions, I don't think the Bears are a team that would will blow 20-point leads like other teams have. The Lions, really, if you look at it, haven't played that great. They've had a couple of games handed to them, but, you know, you know, decent teams find out find a way to win games, but I think the Bears, you know, will, will put some pressure on Stafford, Stafford, and will bracket, you know, Calvin Johnson and just let let everyone else beat them. Don't let Calvin don't let Calvin Johnson beat you. Let everyone else attempt to beat you, and if they beat you, they beat you. All right, All right. I, I hope your thought comes to fruition. I truly hope it does. We will find out. Should be a great Monday night game. Um, you know the Detroit coach is one of the biggest things they're emphasizing all week. We got to start quickly. Right. We cannot fall behind. So don't expect the Bears. And it could happen, but I would think Detroit's going to come out more. To me, a more likely scenario is Detroit starts off real good and then lulls and the Bears catch them in the second half. I could see that happening too. Come out like with the first drive, go up maybe seven nothing or ten nothing, and the Bears come back. Okay. But I think the Bears win this one. 
All right. David Olson, speaking of winning games, uh, the guy's been unbelievable on Beat the Smoke. Won't put any more pressure on him. Don't want to break the momentum. But, uh, ladies and gentlemen, producer extraordinaire David Olson. All right, game number one. Uh-oh. Uh We're going back to Kansas City at Indianapolis. Woo-hoo. I'm going the opposite way. I'm oh. taking Kansas City in this one. It's only two, it's only two and a half <laughs> points, but the magic number here is that Colts are giving up close to 400 yards per game, which is an unbelievably ridiculously bad stat. Falls under the category of not good. Not good at all. So I th- I think I think Kansas City is going to take this one. Uh, game number two, we got game Arizona two. at Minnesota. Minnesota is favored in this one, and I'm going to go with Minnesota. I think it's time they get off the show. Who are they playing? They're playing Cardinals. Arizona. Favored by two and a half. Favored by two and a half, and they've owned Arizona at uh, up at the Superdome there. So Donovan McNabb may be the worst free agent pickup in the, in the, <laughs> of the past postseason, but I think. You know, he's actually kept them competitive the last couple of weeks, so I, th- I think they're going to turn it around. They haven't started crying for bring back Tavares Jackson yet in Minnesota, have they? They have not. Oh, boy. All right, then, Vikings over Arizona. Yeah, and then uh, game number three, Cincinnati at Jacksonville. Jacksonville is favored by two. I'm taking Cincinnati in this one because Jacksonville cannot score any points. Are you purposely, like, taking the three most moribund NFL games of the weekend? Well, it's, it's yeah, yeah. Okay. So well, I, I they're, 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 I mean, there are there are a lot of stinkers this week. There really are. There are. That's part of the reason we didn't go overboard on football Friday. Another Missouri, Missouri. I throw in another Missouri reference. Blaine Gabbert starting. So yes. I hope I hope Jacksonville does a lot better than than that, and they, you know, Blaine can pull one out. Yeah, he had a good start last week in his first, but then things kind of fell. He's apart. been a little shaky, you know, as expected as a rookie would be. Kind of up, have your ups and downs. Mm-hmm. Not kind, of, not like Cam Newton, you know, who's been pretty. Incredible his yeah. first few games. Yeah, he was he was impressive against the Bears. All right, David Olson, producer, uh, who has a tremendous record this year, keeping the momentum going. Casey over Indy, Minnesota over Arizona, Cincinnati over Jacksonville. Uh, don't mark down my picks, folks, because I have a, a major losing slump. Who knows? Maybe I can turn it around. I'm going to take Pittsburgh over Tennessee. I like this game a lot before reading about the health troubles of Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, injured foot. He'll be hobbling around. I'm still going to take the Steelers. I don't think Tennessee, I just can't see Tennessee going four and one. I think the Steelers will, I don't know about fall apart, but it'll be a down year for them. But I don't see them going, well, would this make it one and four? I think so, yeah. I, don't I think, think they're that's one and three. Happen. Seattle over New York, similar to your second pick. I think the Giants might pull it out, but uh, Seattle in ten and a half. On the road, I'll take the Seahawks again. I don't think the Giants are as good as their record. And Philadelphia against Buffalo. This is one of these games, David and Mike, where I hope I'm wrong. I honestly do, because I'm rooting all about the Buffalo Bills, and I'm rooting against Philadelphia this year. But I'm going to take Philadelphia uh, over Buffalo. Look at the point spread, too, considering the troubles Philadelphia has had. Philadelphia is still favorite on the road. Yeah, I did. I almost took that one, too, the same way you did with yeah. Philadelphia. I think... You know, Buffalo is playing amazingly well, but the the uh, Eagles' offense—they've got so many weapons, and they're you know you got one each week. One of them seems to click, and, yeah. but if they start firing on all cylinders, I mean, they could be a pretty dangerous yeah. team. And you and you get the I feeling uh, they're, they're going to be mad mentally. Yeah. You know, they're yeah. they're over the whole dream team stuff, and now it's all right, damn it, let's get yep. out there and play. They especially got to be mad after Frank Gore has done a couple of, couple of interviews this week and said the Eagles quit in that game last week. Oof. 
So I think they're going to hopefully I think they're going to come out strong okay. and I think the Eagles will win that game as well. Okay. Yeah, and LaShawn McCoy is a stud. Yeah. He really is. Yeah, I remember watching him run for Pittsburgh, right? Right. For yeah, Coach yeah. Wanstead, yeah. Exactly. That was a great running back back then. All right, beat the Schmoes picks are in. We'll see if we can uh, find a winner amongst them, or maybe a Schmo will upset us. Michael Moreau, in the brief time we have left, any thoughts you have? And I do want to find out, uh, you know, uh, any pre-preparations for running in the Chicago Marathon. You know the two guys in my audience will be rooting for you. Uh, basically, just eating a lot of carbs and drinking lots of water and Gatorade. Are you in the rest mode now? No more training? I haven't I haven't run in a week and a half. I've <laughs> just I needed I wanted to get to the race healthy and not worry about any nagging injuries or anything and just get to the I've, race in one piece. And I've heard of the concept of tapering. But I don't know if you're supposed to not run for like a week and a half before running 26 miles. Maybe. I mean I I yeah, I mean I've run I've been running for okay. basically 4 or 5 months now, so if two weeks kill my race, I think All right. that's that's going to be a huge problem for just me. Just remember, when you hit the wall, when you think you cannot go any further, just think about me, David Olson, the two Mike and a guy audience that are rooting you on. Okay? Maybe we can get you through the wall. I'll pre- I'll, I appreciate it, and I'll be looking <laughs> forward to it. In. <laughs> Beautiful. Mike, seriously, best of luck, and thanks for coming in this week. Thank you for having me. I, I love coming on. I love coming in and... and Anytime I can come in, I'll try to. Thanks for being ahead. All right, everybody, have a great weekend. Remember, we're off Monday. There'll be a show on. It'll be a retread show, maybe back for today. You can always archive your shows anytime at the Two Guys Mike uh, website. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you live on Tuesday. Big Dog back live and in person. Two Guys at a Mike Talk Zone.com. David Olson, producer. Great job all week. Thanks for listening. And, uh, be safe this weekend, folks. <laughs>